0: 344 of The Sleeper in the Bus. It is Sunday, March 15th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined by Jason Collette. Jason, don't you dare slide dirty in on me at second base or I'll drop one right in your <laughs> face. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I cannot believe what we saw uh, this afternoon in Texas. We're going to definitely talk about that, even from the fantasy implications, but uh, we'll start with your actual thoughts on it because we saw Rugnet Odor not take too kindly to getting punched or to getting slid into by Jose Bautista after Jose Bautista was hit, and he admits that he slid hard because he was mad about the hit-by-pitch. Odor gets up, shoves him, and then, boom, cold cocks him. What did you think when you saw it?
1: Well, I mean, when I first saw it, I was like, that's a late slide, and you know how I am about late slides. Mm -hmm. We've talked about this for a long time. Um, Not a big fan of it. Now, not to say... Not to say that Odor is uh, is innocent in that regard. There's you know, there's a there's a tweet going out that Keith Law has been sending out about Odor last year spiking someone uh, spiking someone hard. Johnny G. Vitella. (sighs) Correct. Uh, So, you know, so that's uh, along those lines. Not saying he's innocent of this, but I I do hate late slides like that. So that's what really irritates me when I see that because, you know, yes, Bautista was drilled by Bush. Yes, it was, you know, no pun intended, Bush League for -hmm. them to drill Bautista when they don't face him the rest of the season. If you're going to drill him, do it early. Don't wait until the last batter and and use Bush in there because he's your biggest uh, velocity in the bullpen, uh, those kinds of things. But it doesn't precipitate, it doesn't mean, you know, they do wrong all that. And then, you know, CJ Nikowski saying, oh, this is what nerds this is why nerds are ruining the game. The game can police itself. You know, he's meanwhile, we could have had was we could have had a guy tearing his ACL because he's getting slid into. You he, know, that's
0: I got man. I really want to hope maybe I'm giving him too much benefit of the doubt. But I really am hoping that that tweet. Was no, done. not
1: a troll. He, he's been consistently like that. I mean, I, I know I, he I'm has. And I really thought he was thing. just
0: trying to stir the pot. But oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Well, anyway. Um, yeah. So, you know, th- there, there's there's blame to go around there. You, you don't go sliding in like that. And I, I totally get that. But, man, you land the punch. That's the thing, too. We never see punches landed. We see punches thrown. But I think the fact that it was landed, whether right or wrong, is going to make it different.
1: Uh, I think so, it should. I mean, maybe it's it, one of the other brilliant tweets I saw today was the fact that somebody said, "Hey, maybe you know Canadians are used to you dropping the gloves before you throw a punch." Uh, <laughs> we well, did it, have, yeah, he has, actually
0: had his glove on, didn't he?
1: He did. He got the glove was the second thing. He landed the short hook uh, and and then uh, the short jab, maybe, because he didn't reach back. He was like, kapow, and then he slapped it with the glove at the follow-through after for that. And the Jeez. thing is, if you watch Bautista, as as Odor's getting ready to go in, Bautista's doing the same thing. Oh, Unless absolutely. he was getting ready to slap him, oh, this, was action, this was not a sucker punch, not no, at all.
0: If you think it was a sucker punch, with due respect, which I guess there isn't any when I call you stupid, but you're stupid because that's not what a sucker punch is. That is not at all a sucker punch. Now maybe Bautista was like not expecting him to to land the punch because you know that doesn't really happen in, in baseball fights, and a lot of times they're a little bit more tough talk than they are actual uh, hits. But you know he landed it. And Batista was ready to go, too. So it was million percent not a sucker punch at all. Let's not even go on any of that. But the fact that it landed, I do think, is actually going to be a bigger deal here. So now let's spin it to the fantasy angle, since we are a fantasy baseball podcast, and talk about what this is going to do for an Odor suspension. Now, they're probably both going to get suspended, but I would think that Batista's would be shorter. First off, how long do you think Odor is going to get?
1: I think he's gonna get like five games, uh, just because. Uh, uh, so I don't know what me. the precedent. I just don't know what the precedent is. I know,
0: is. I know, and that's that, that's
1: where I'm States torn, too. big on that. They're big on that. Is trying to find our, who else has done it before, and I'm trying to think of the last guy that landed contact like that. It, it
0: have to be like in the '80s, probably. I don't think we've seen it in in our era. I just, I really don't. I can't think that's
1: of it. Got to be something. I mean, Nolan Ryan.
0: <laughs> I mean, Nolan Ryan landed some punches. That that's kind of a, was a standard bench clearing.
1: He's gonna, he's gonna get five games anyhow.
0: Man, I, I, see, sure. I'm coming in low then, I guess, because I thought two weeks
1: at, at no, least. No, no, I mean, he, corking a bat only gets you ten games. Okay. I don't think well, he's maybe
0: because a, maybe because MLB no. knows that corking a bat actually doesn't help you.
1: It's not. It won't be two <laughs> weeks. No way.
0: Okay. I mean, listen. I don't know. That that's on, honestly, I'm just going with a guess because I do not know. And I'm really torn on this, but I I'm coming in high on everybody else. My dad said six games. I saw six games by a couple other people on Twitter, and everyone that is saying that is staying lower than me is also older than me, meaning that they know more or at least have been around watching baseball longer. So maybe I'm just I'm coming in hot here and and thinking I just feel like they're gonna try to make a make a point, uh, and that's where that's why I think there's gonna be something bigger, but we'll see. Um, Let's let's say it's let's say it is more of a ten gamer, which would be two business weeks, obviously. Does this facilitate a Jerks Profar move? Because he's down in AAA, uh, playing shortstop. Went and saw him the other day when I watched Yu Darvish, who looked good, by the way. Uh, he's not killing the ball. Profar isn't, but he's been solid. His plate skills have been sharp. Two sixty-seven average, three fifty-one OBP. You really like both of those. Only a three eighty-two uh, slug, as he only has three homers right now, but. But playing well and playing defense, still just twenty-three years old. I mean, I don't think I, I think we, we can't forget about Profar. Remember how beloved he was as a prospect, a universal yep. number one prospect not too long ago. Lots of injuries since then. So I'm not saying he's that same guy, but that could be an interesting play right there if if there is a, a more of a lengthy suspension. I wonder if it's only like a five gamer though, if they make more of a small move and just kind of, you know, Hanser Alberto is in there And maybe even Desmond comes in from the outfield, although he's more of a shortstop. And I don't know that Andrus would would move over or or even Desmond himself would go to second base, especially since they're just kind of teaching him the outfield. But I don't know. Either way, I'm just wondering, do you think Profar comes up? And if so, what kind of pickup would you do for him? Like what kind of league type?
1: I'm not sure he comes if even if it's a short term play, um, but I don't know what the rest of the roster looks like, to be honest with you. If there's another and I forget the rules. Do they have to play a man down? if like if when he's he out 5 games or do they uh, get to suspend him and they get to fill the spot
0: you know what that's a good question i got to imagine because you know what would be the the delineation the point there because the, the yankees didn't have to play a game down with with Chapman right, suspended. right. so that, but, that's that's kind of where i'm curious so I, I would say no i would say that they would get to replace him so hanson alberto is the guy on the roster who could play middle infield but then you're talking about pro far Honestly, Profar, as I'm looking at the minor leaguers on roster resource, and then I'm also keeping close attention on who's on the 40 man, he's the most obvious because he's the only one. Gallo is the only other infielder who's on the 40 man. And he's obviously nicked right now. He's got a strained groin that he, he's out for a month. So it looks like this is a far move or Alberto straight into second base and they call up something else for reinforcement.
1: Right. Now I'm looking at the same applies to a player who are suspended. The players who were on the 40 man roster but are placed on the 60 day disabled list are taken off the 40 man until the DL is over. The same applies to those who are
0: suspended. So
1: apparently okay. it wouldn't cost them. Cause I just remember some other things where, they're, where the guy is suspended. He's missing a game. You've got to play a man down.
0: So maybe it maybe it's a situation where you know once it expands beyond. I got guys or that have missed
1: one game, you know those types of things. I'm thinking of, there was a couple of times where well, Tampa Bay had a guy and he he was out a game and he couldn't do
0: anything. Harper missed game two on Saturday. He served his suspension. So maybe it's maybe it's maybe it's stipulated that if it's a one game, you take the hit and you play 24 because it is only one game. But anything yeah. beyond that, you can then make a move. I don't know. I'm speculating on that, but. I don't think they had a 20. Well, actually they probably had the 26th guy for the the d- double header for the um, Nats cuz don't you get to bring up a guy anyway when you have a double header? So maybe that's why Harper decided to serve then because they would have already or they would have already had a guy ready to go for the double header. So Yeah, I, maybe I don't, you know. don't There well, could
1: have Yeah, because the, the taxi squad thing. Well, no, you're allowed to carry a 26th guy, it
0: doesn't matter. Yeah, that's what that's what I thought for the double header and so then Yeah, yeah. So, so they wouldn't. I mean, so the are technically not down a guy for the doubleheader when when Harper serves because they're oh, right back yeah, at yeah. 25. So yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah. what what league depth would you pick up Profar if he comes up? If he's the guy right away, and they say, you know what, we're gonna stick him right in. Might might not only be in p- the short term, whatever the suspension not, is, not, but I'm we're gonna I'm go with him.
1: For, I'm not ready for him in a mixed league.
0: Okay, so anything AL only. Right. I think I'd go in a deeper mixed league. I'd take the shot because Jerks and Profar again, top prospect before. Not crushing the ball, but certainly not struggling. Um, I did see him strike out, but you know that doesn't mean he's struggling. Uh, he also, I think he had, I think he was one for three with a strikeout when I saw him. I, honestly, I was paying most attention to Darvish, and then once Darvish was out, it was more of a uh, social situation where I was out with a couple friends and we weren't necessarily full in on the game. As far as replacements go at large, then if you're not just looking to make the replacement with with the guy that the Rangers go for, and we are talking mixed leagues. What about somebody like Joe Panic, who's only 49% owned at Yahoo? So we're talking shallower mixed leagues. Um, Colton Wong's at 45%.
1: Man, that's Jonathan bad for him. Scope is he only at 25 it. Scope has been a hot lately. Been Look at the fire. weekend he's put on. He and Adam by Jones. By uh, hi, Adam. Yeah, sorry. Apologize for that, Adam.
0: He's he did pretend not appreciate did what happen. we said.
1: Yeah. Um, so, But Jonathan Scope is right there along with him, just crushing it of late, too. Absolutely. And my Wars teams really appreciate that uh, out of Scope. So that's the guy of the guys you've mentioned so far. That's the one I want.
0: Yeah, I, I think I would go Scope uh, as well. I do like Jelly Panic quite a bit, but for impact, and particularly in like a short-term situation, I want to try to get a homer you know, maybe two and get and get some run production that I think scopes the guy scopes somebody that we liked coming into the year. Nothing's really changed on that front. Really wish he could pick up the OBP. He really hasn't necessarily evolved in that realm, but he's still kind of doing what he did last year scope is with going for the big power. So there should be people to pick up in 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 mixed leagues in only leagues. It's going to be a little bit tougher. Let me let me go down further here. Uh, Jeez, all the ones I can. What about like Brad Miller? I mean that that's kind of what you're gonna be looking at. Brad Miller. Um I can't even find any more AL guys. Jed Lowry, I who's guess. Hurt. Uh oh, he's hurt? That's weird. He's
1: on the DL. Yeah, we're Chris
0: right. Chris yeah, he is on the DL. I didn't I didn't see that. I was looking at Escobar, who's also on the DL. So um Marwin Gonzalez.
1: Chris Cogland, first, first pinch hit home run for the A's in two
0: hundred and eighty four games. Holy cow. Today. That's insane. Went oppo, went oppo on Erasmo. He still had his power. Nothing else is there for Coglin right now, but the power's still there, which is why I'm still interested in him in the deeper leagues. I have actually got him in most of my deep leagues, so I'm not going out and getting him. But he's hitting like 170, but his fifth bomb today. The pop is still there. He just needs to tighten it up a little bit on everything else. So I might go for him in an AL only. Um because I just don't think the options are going to be all that plentiful, and he's somebody who could be available uh, on the wire because that batting average is just so low that maybe someone doesn't even deem the five homers all that worthwhile. Sticking with your game, though, uh, because what we're going to do, obviously, for the main – topic today is talk about by low pitchers after talking by low hitters so if you have a guy on this list by the way it's a good chance we're going to turn him around because we talked we, we talked noise on some guys last week including adam jones and they just got on um, <laughs> fire so maybe we can maybe we can set these guys on the right path by uh by saying that we're off of them right now but uh one quick thing before we get into that you watched danny valencia might have been the only guy who had a bigger weekend than somebody like scope or adam jones five home runs including three today i get that they faced a lefty And he got two of those off of Matt Moore. But what got into Danny Valencia when he hit his first five homers of the season? He didn't have any yet. Now he's got five. He's right on track. And all of a sudden, it's like he was already hitting a good batting average. Now the power's there. What an insane weekend for Danny Valencia. What would you see?
1: The wind was blowing out.
0: Wait a minute. (laughs) You got me for like a millisecond.
1: Was the pause,
0: oh, the pause well, was a millisecond of me thinking. Wait a minute, uh, yeah. Unless they turn, unless they crank the air conditioning on, I don't oh, think it was
1: that. Playing a tropicana field. That's that's the joke. Um, his parents were there this weekend, and all seriousness, they were. Um, and I, you know, he, he was the, he was the factor in this entire series because he had the two home runs Friday, mm-hmm. and then he made a game-saving diving play on a bases-loaded liner by by Longoria that would have scored two runs. Uh, And then today, hanging change up from Matt Moore, which is as shocking as Jed Lowry being hurt. (laughs) Uh, And then he uh, missed location with a fastball. After So let's see, it's it's Coco Crisp on base with one out. Billy Burns is at the plate. Moore gets him to hit a one-hopper right to Longoria. Longoria forgets. That Coco Crisp is on base and just goes to first, never even looked over. This was a Taylor Made double play. At Man. least would have got the lead runner out. He That's doesn't well. forget he's on base and looks at it, and then like the very next pitch, crush. Uh, he goes yard, Man. and then so then listen, Billy Burns is back up in the ninth Man. inning. Uh, Xavier Cedeno gets uh, gets Chris Coghlan with the first out, gets Coco Crisp with the second out. Uh, Billy Burns hits a double. From the right side, Billy Burns is better uh, from the right side than he is the left side, and so then they decided to bring in Steve Geltz to face to face Danny Valencia with a base open, mind you, right? So you could have just walked him, used Cedeno to throw four and send him down. Um, Geltz, the same guy who gave up the bomb to Catal uh, Marte earlier in the week, mm-hmm. gave up the bomb to Chris Ionetta for a walk off. They bring him in to face the guy who's seeing beach balls at the plate. First pitch, 93 on the middle half. Guess where that ball ended up?
0: Uh, in the Pretty far again. the other way.
1: It's one of the things that I wrote up. This is the process report.net. But my whole point was, you know, you've got you've got a guy like any Romero in the bullpen. He, he throws upper 90s. You look at Valencia's numbers for his career. He struggles against good velocity. And you bring in a guy that throws ninety-two to ninety-four, who can't who can't hit his spots and has given up home runs left and right. That's now five and thirteen innings, and they, they do him. They had Yan uh, uh, Martinez, who they ended up trading to. Uh, uh, the Brewers for cash mm-hmm. as a right-handed pitcher who gets it, who's got good velocities, 94, 97, and has gotten right-handers out for his entire career. They let him throw two innings in the DFA and they DFA. him meanwhile, that fat carcass, Dana Eveland is still on this roster as the, third left-hander in the bullpen who is a left-handed no-out guy. He doesn't get anybody out. I don't know why he's on this roster, but and this is what – so Cash screwed this up. The front office screwed this up. And meanwhile, Valencia has this monster day. He has, he has his home runs against Moore, which is to be expected. I mean, he had his career against lefties. But we talked about this with him about, what, six weeks ago? And we talked about his improvements against right-handers – since the start of last season, he's now hitting... He doesn't have triple-slash splits. His triple-slash against lefties, 309, 385, 517. Against uh, righties, is 294, 335, 39. So he's still slugging just as good against righties or lefties. Batting average is negligible. It's the difference is the walks. He walks more and strikes out less against lefties. That's really it. That's his
0: split. And I don't understand... What's changed, really, with Danny Valencia? Because here's the thing. You know, he just got loose with the homers this weekend. Right. But it's not like he wasn't hitting before. Like I said, 324 average, 361 OBP. He w- he was doing some things, and then all of a sudden, boom, five homers. Just – I didn't really buy uh, – in fact, I was flat out against buying him. I thought that the right-handed thing was a fluke from last year. It wasn't going to stick, and he's still hitting 325 against him this year. So – I he's had hit, Danny he's hitting righties
1: better than lefties.
0: What's that? He's
1: hitting righties better than lefties yeah, right now. It, it's
0: it's really interesting, and I had that one wrong. So if you invested in the 31 year old, good on you because it's definitely working. And and I had and I had Valencia wrong. But let's talk some by-low pitchers here. Well, oh, here
1: we go. Oh. Here's some suspensions. Carlos Quentin got eight games. Niger Morgan got eight. Albert Bell got five
0: for punching Fernando Vina. Oh, the forearm. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I'm I'm still saying saying over then I'm still saying ten because he crushed him he crushed him and and Carlos Quinton had the you know it was a hit by pitch situation what was the second one you said
1: Nigel Morgan what did he do I forgot
0: I can't remember 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 him he was interesting yeah he, <laughs> he made baseball that. fun <laughs> he he yeah, was just he, the,
1: he made it fun all right
0: yeah he 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 was he was really interesting
1: right uh, I think I've got to go back and um. Keep talking. I'm sorry. I got to find
0: incident that he did something. Yeah. So, um, I remember he was a speed demon kind of guy. And what was his? Tony Plush was his, uh, alter ego that he had. Remember when Twitter was. Oh, he threw a ball at a fan. He threw a ball at a fan. That's not cool. Uh, it was like when Twitter was just kind of getting going and, you know, athletes were getting on. And he was Tony Plush on Twitter. It was very bizarre. I think he had like one really good year. I'm trying to look up his numbers right now. Nigel Morgan.
1: Here's Here's what it was. Um, the next day, Morgan was. Uh, he ran into Brett Hayes and, and separated Brett Hayes' shoulder. Next day, he was hit by a pitch in the fourth inning by Chris Volstead. Later that night, Volstead threw a ball that went behind Morgan. Uh, he charged the mound, taking a swing at Volstead before being clotheslined by Gabby Sanchez.
0: Mm-hmm. That's interesting.
1: <laughs> and his What's suspension he doing now? was being upheld. Uh, it was suspension was upheld, and he had to serve eight game suspension.
0: He, is, he was out of baseball by 2014, or out of out of the pros. He hadn't, he hadn't been back. Now he's knocking around in the Mexican League right now. He's uh, Nigel Morgan is crushing the Mexican League right now. He's hitting 914 4, 9, OPS. Always was a speed guy and still has his speed even at age 35. He's 13 for 15 on the base path. So if Tony Posh gets gets called back into the majors. He's on my AL talent team if he could, could yeah. become- I need man, that speed. Man, another quick detour speed. before we before we dive into the Bielo pitchers. You made a concerted effort to get speed this year, and tell the listeners how many stolen bases you have.
1: Uh four, four, ouch,
0: four. Honestly, and I made this comparison right away. You're like the uh, the Tigers with the relievers. Nobody can say that they didn't try to go out and and improve their bullpen. There's no way that they didn't improve their bullpen on paper with the moves that they made getting K-Rod, Justin Wilson, and Mark Lowe. Well, Mark Lowe has completely fallen apart. He is the worst. Uh, K-Rod's been fine. Justin Wilson's been mostly fine. But overall, that bullpen is just a a joke again. And it's so maddening. It's so maddening for me as a Tigers fan because they're going to get hammered again, and yet— they they tried they really did they went out and they they absolutely tried and it just it just didn't work so
1: it is it's awful and then you know <laughs> what talked about you just sent. <laughs> we talked about me spending you know, the other plan was to buy buy a really good guy in the bullpen buy the speed and I have fourteen stolen bases and I have two saves oh
0: jeez and, and Sam
1: was Dyson you? was Sam Dyson has both saves
0: yeah who was your stud it was Giles right it was Giles yeah.
1: Yeah, so, and now I've got Giles and, and DeShields on my bench, $40 on my bench, and wins. you can't cut either guy. No, you can't. You can't, so only. I, I, somebody, but they have to get hurt at the major league level, so I need DeShields to come back up, get hurt, so I can reclaim the cash. You're
0: not, uh, you're not <laughs> hoping that anybody gets hurt. Let, let's be no, clear. Just them to do Very that. tongue-in-cheek.
1: Yes, but that's that's my role. I have two saves, which puts me five behind Podhorser. Um But it's the, those two saves are keeping me out of last place in saves because, and that's really the, the other, only part of my pitching, um, my hundred dollar pitching staff that's not working. Because I'm first in ERA, I'm first in strikeouts, I'm first in win, and I'm second in whip. Sales, your big guy, right? Sales might, he's it. I mean, he's got the eight wins. He's got everything. Erasmus wins have been awesome um, to enjoy. Tywan Walker's pitched well. Matt Moore started off well until we started sucking. Nate Carnes has been everything I wanted him to be. Pitching, the starting pitching has worked out just as I, even as, better than I expected, yeah, absolutely, actually.
0: Absolutely. But yeah. Um, well, let's talk about starting pitching then because for some people it hasn't been working out and they didn't necessarily get sale, but they might have gotten some of these other guys. They might have gotten two of these guys. We're gonna talk about seven different guys who are really laboring right now, at least in terms of ERA and WIP, which is which is what counts the most for us. You know, obviously we're gonna talk about some of these guys whose skills are still there and and maybe that's why we're still buying, but the fact of the matter is, you're still taking that hit. You're you're they're basically Rugned odoring your ERA and WHIP, and it's been really, really tough to deal with. And we're going to start with the AL reigning Cy, the reigning AL Cy Young, and that's Dallas Keuchel, of course, who has a 5.58 ERA, which is actually even worse than what he did in 2013, 2012 and 2013 when he was not a very good pitcher. He had a 5.20 ERA for 239 innings and a 154 WHIP. Well, it looks a lot like that. Right down to the fact that the, the strikeouts are back down, the walks are way up. And honestly, Eno keyed on this early. And it was a situation where he wasn't saying this is the new norm, this is how it's going to be, but he was, it was more a framed of this is something to watch. And what, what he was watching was that, first off, he wasn't getting, uh, Keiko was not getting the swings and misses on pitches outside of the zone. Batters mm-hmm. were spitting on that stuff that was clearly out. And add in that he wasn't even getting the close calls then either. Because, you know, it's one of those things, and we know this with umpires, that the mindset when you're not hitting the zone a lot, then those close ones, they start to work against you. Whereas last year, it all snowballed in his favor. Keiko was getting those swings and misses, getting in those good favorable counts. And so then the close one on the edge, Jason Castro's pulling it right over the black there, and he's getting all the calls. Everything was working positively that way. We've seen the opposite this year. I think there is reason for concern when you're talking about four walks per nine. That's a doubling of his walk rate. Hits are through the roof because then they are forcing him back into the zone. And Keuchel, as we already know, doesn't have overpowering stuff. So if they're forcing you back into the zone in hitters counts, it's trouble. It's trouble. And his velocity is down a tick and a half, which is right around the point where I start to be concerned from 89.6 to 88.1. And again, if you're not even working with an upper level velocity, it's even more concerning. So there's a lot to be worried about here with Keiko. And I know Eno was one – Uh, That was one of his guys that he was concerned about coming into the season. Wasn't he one of yours, too, when we're talking about top 20 guys? Or did you not
1: have his? No, Sonny Gray was my big guy. Okay,
0: great. And we will get to him. Um, And I can't say that I had this big concern about Keiko either. I had him right there in the top 20. He wasn't someone I was targeting, but it just wasn't. I was not out there ringing any alarm bells. Uh, Now I am, though. I am definitely concerned here. I can see him adjusting and getting back to being an upper threes, low fours guy. But that's not what you paid for. At all. So what are you doing with Dallas Keuchel and what, and what do you think is what do you think is the fix here?
1: All right. So when I'm, I'm looking at his looking at last year to this year uh, and when I'm looking at the heat maps for him, I'm seeing a completely different picture. Last year, the guy that was able to work the outer edge, as you were talking about, and you know, would work the outer edge to righties, would uh, you know come in and work away to lefties, but basically stayed out of the heart of the strike zone. You look at this year, and there's a big, bright red spot, right smack dab in the middle of the zone thus far. Hmm. He's not hitting that. He's not working out there. Like, he's not working on the sides of the side. It's like everything's right, right there in the middle, and that's perplexing because, like you said, He doesn't have the stuff to live out there. Why is he there? Uh, But then when you look at some of the other stuff, it's not like everything is completely out of whack with where it was, you know, where it was last year. So if I'm looking at swing rate, it's, 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 identical it's 44 you know 44 and a half to 44% so batters are swinging at the same percentage of stuff um you know the swig, the the miss the contact rate 75% 75% same thing percentage of strikes is down 63 to 60% so that's down a bit uh, he's in the zone the amount uh, the chase rate is not terribly different 33 to 28% so it's different but not like alarmingly different his swinging strike rate is identical to where it was last year. So there's a lot to look at it and not to say panic, but then you watch him pitch, you're like, oh, this isn't the guy I signed up for. No. Uh, you know, that's 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 the problem. And I think if he can get back to locating things better um, you know getting back to what made him well, even if he goes out there if guys are sitting out there fine They hit it a little bit, but what he's doing isn't working well for him uh, And so we can't keep doing the same thing and expecting different results wow, So uh,
0: that picture you sent and I'll actually I can include this with the show notes and I say that sometimes and I forget So if I ever say that I'm gonna include something with the show notes and then I forget please remind me on Twitter I have no problem with that follow-up because sometimes I just flat forget since it's almost, you know Sometimes an hour after the fact and you're showing the heat map for Keuchel and it is so starkly different the red is all on the left side uh, from the pitcher's view last year not all of it but the, the bulk of it with half of it being outside of the strike zone and this year it's dark red right down the middle
1: yeah it's it's really strange. So, you know, that that and you think about like, OK, oh, the batting average in balls in play is three fifty one. Oh, that's bad luck. No, that's pretty much balls right over the middle of the heart of the plate. Those are the kinds that are going to end up getting making hard contact. And that to me, that's where the issue is. So I think this is fixable. Um, I am willing to buy low on this. But that's when I'm staring at this, it's really tough for me to look at. I, I can't just say the bad is that's what's just bad luck and that's going to get better. I think you know, the issue clearly is here is a location problem.
0: It really is uh, for Keiko. And so you, you mentioned that you would buy low. What would you try to offer there? Let's just, just say a, a, a hitter. What kind of hitter would you go out there and, and, and try to throw Danny <laughs> You think that could get it done? Not even joking. Oh, okay, okay. Look at it. Look at his. I'm no, sucker, I'm not even dude. joking. No, look sucker. at his Oh, no, I said I'm not even joking. Look oh, at his okay. numbers, right? Oh, I thought right. you said you were joking. Yeah, I mean, uh, 312 average. Uh, you know, uh, excuse me, 321 coming into today. So the again, the average was already there for Valencia. Now the pop is there to make you feel good about uh, everything that he's doing. Why not take a shot with it?
1: Yeah. Okay. I'm not even. Joking. But no,
0: that's the type of guy. I mean, Keichel's numbers are ugly. That's the third, They're really ugly right perfect. now. You got to get a discount. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to the next guy here, and uh, you're very familiar with this guy. I got to, I got to have a tour with him on my favorite team as well, David Price. And now this is one of those where, you know, it, it's definitely a situation where you're getting clobbered by the the ERA and WHIP, but you look at everything else and you and you probably feel pretty good about what's going on because uh, David Price still striking out a ton of guys, not really walking anybody. The, the component numbers, the foundation numbers are definitely there, but a 379 BABIP, 58% left on base rate, uh, has him with a 6 ERA and a 133 whip. Well, we also learned that... Uh, Dustin Pedroia, of all people, found a mechanical issue that was going on with Price about how he wasn't lifting his hands high enough, and basically it was almost bumping, his knee was almost bumping his hands when usually the hands would get way up, so the knee wouldn't do that when he would go into his delivery. Well, Mm -hmm. we saw it, whether it was exaggerated just to be conscious of it this past start, it was definitely happening properly or at least the way that the f- fix was suggested he went out and dominated Houston so i'm not even sure if the buy-low opportunity is still there because with guys like aces like this you usually only need one start to kind of feel good at least i do i you know all of a sudden i'd be like nah, not not selling. It. I wasn't gonna be selling anyway, but I think the discount might have gone by the wayside. But we still need to talk about him because he still has a six ERA. What are you seeing from from David Price, and and what kind of buying opportunity would you take there? Would you still pay full price or no?
1: I am not worried about him in the slightest. Uh, when you look at the other numbers, were already there for him. Uh, the mechanical thing. It, it's funny that it takes Dustin Pedroia to uh, to point that out, but it's right. I mean, you go back and watch the you go back and watch the video, you can see it. Uh, you can see the difference where his hands where his hands were lower that he wasn't getting as much leg lift. He talked about it as being like a puppet, where it's like if I lift my hands, my leg comes up with, and, and that completely made sense as you as you read through it, you could see it. You're like, oh yeah, you know what? You're right. His mm-hmm. hands are low and they're almost hitting them uh, and the thing like that. So if he's and I I watched some of the game against Houston and early on, you know, I think he have four hits in the first two innings and you want to make a joke like, oh, I thought Dustin Pedroia fixed him. Well, guess what? The next six innings, he shoved it. So. So, you know it did it did end up working out uh, well for him i'm not worried about him in the slightest clearly he's going to get a ton of run support he's already got four wins out of this even with the uh, ugly ERA he's already getting the run support that boston offense is just stupid good um you know even even ryan hannigan has suddenly learned how to hit uh and J- jackie bradley jr is getting it done obviously that team cannot keep this up forever uh but even if they cool down to some decent level right now they're playing out here hitting the ball out of their minds uh, but if they come down to a decent diesel he's still going to get run support he may end up with a jack morris type season where he gets 21 wins with a four something era <laughs> but he's, he's still gonna get to the score? He's, He's still gonna get plenty of strikeouts, uh, and you've already lost the the worst of his starts. I don't see too many more stink bombs coming from him.
0: No, Bye. I I think the fix was legit because they showed it the very next day um, on MLB. They did the side by side with what he was doing, and you could clearly see it. Again, the the, the knee was basically bumping his hands and glove in the in the windup almost. And I'm I'm kind of surprised he didn't realize it just from feeling that. But uh, David Price was you know again whether it was exaggerated or not, he was definitely getting his hands up. Doing the doing getting some tilt and and really, really looked sharp against Houston. And by the way, how bad are they right now? Even in a they game like today, where they come back after Chris Davinsky, one of the guys that had actually been a bright spot for them where he gets pummeled, uh, they come back and then they still blow it. Ten nine. Uh, that was a crazy, crazy back and forth game. But um so you probably gotta pay a full price now, but you're saying you would because you're not worried, right?
1: No, I'm not worried. I'm just I'd, I'd, I'd pay if, if you would have fought before the game against the Astros, you probably could have gotten a discount. All it's going to take is one game for him to look good again. Yeah. What do you have? Eleven strikeouts in a game? Yeah, uh, six hits,
0: seven innings, something like that. Yeah, it was like one run. I, hang on, I, I yeah. just had no, numbers. Up. You lost, lost. You missed your opportunity. Yeah, because it, again, when you're talking about aces, most people. Um, they're just, they're only going to need that one to feel good. He goes six and two thirds, six hits, one run, one walk, 12 strikeouts. He has a 14 strikeout game on his ledger. He has a 10 strikeout game on his ledger this year. It's just that he had six and six back-to-back six earned run outings against the Yankees. And again, that's a team that would. You know, probably hone in on something like that mechanical error and realize that it's uh, impacting him because of how often they've seen him. I don't know if they, they say anything about that, and obviously they wouldn't come out and say, oh, yeah, his mechanics are off. Right. Uh, they would just continue to take advantage of it. Eight against his former teammates, three and two-thirds. David Price, uh, the Rays, got him for eight runs. So those three stink bombs are really hang- – and. It- and the other one, five against Baltimore. So the division really, really took care of him. Um, but yeah, we're buying we're buying full price, on price, for sure.
1: Price ponds, Bush Ponds. We've got them
0: all tonight. We're so far. we're all over it. We're all over it. All right. This next guy is another one that you're you're very accustomed to uh, to watching and hopefully have a good feel on. Um at least <laughs> at least to give us an idea of what we should be doing with Chris Archer. And, you know, we've actually talked about him a couple times before, so this is more of an update thing. And it seemed, you know, I think he got on track for a couple starts but then had another stinker his last time out, five innings, four runs. Uh, again, the the walks are the issue because there was four walks in that game. Only five hits, but with four walks, it's going to be tough. Five strikeouts. That's been the issue anytime that that Archer has struggled. It's been the walks, running up the pitch count, and keeping him – to uh too few innings he's only gone six innings or more in three starts granted they were all quality starts they were all really good zero two and zero earned runs respectively but then when he when he runs these pitch counts up with the walks he's out after five what's going on with archer and is there hope
1: no i've watched every single one of these games it's me it's a command problem he can't command his pitches especially this slider i mean i can't i can't say it enough when he's had problems in the the past he'd go and throw the slider try to get a strike back um, it is it's an adventure every time it leaves his hand. Sometimes it looks pretty. You're like, oh, there's that 90 mile an hour beauty that I've grown to love. And then he'll throw it and it's a cement mixer and it gets pounded. Or they set it up low and away and it drifts middle in and gets crushed. Yeah, and these types of things. It just he he can't he can't aim the pitch. He's not trying to aim the pitch, but he cannot throw a strike when he has to get one. He's falling behind on in counts early. A lot of a lot of the crimes that you don't want you see out of rookie pitchers that you're not supposed to see out of guys that were in the Cy Young discussion last year. And, and pick, uh, up, picked a
0: lot to win it this year. From runners. all the
1: guys we've talked about thus far, this is the one I don't want any part of. And it, maybe it's my bias, but I've watched every single one of these games. And even when he's had the shutout innings, even that game, I'm like, yeah, that wasn't you would if you would have told me, hey, watch this video and tell me what happened in this game. I've been like uh, six innings, three year runs so you even know. the
0: good ones. You weren't that impressed by is what you're saying. I have. Chris I Archer. have
1: not been impressed. I've been impressed with an inning here and there, but I have not been impressed with any one of his outings yet. Damn. Even the 12 strikeout one to start the season.
0: Well, yeah, he labored through that one too. It was, it was not, it was not great. Let me see no. something here. Um, I understand that, and you know, I, I get it, and I know what you're saying. You know, okay, might have bias because because you're a race fan, but you also watch all the time. You know, it's a situation where there might be some bias there, but it's also if there's anybody that I want to listen to, it's the guy who's watched every single one, and he's just not getting ahead of guys. Like you said, when he does, he can still put him away. Um, in in pitchers' counts, he still has a 109 average. Actually, it's 109s across the board, only six singles in 55 at-bats. That's bats. the problem. He just, he's, just, he's just so rarely ahead of guys. Exactly. He only has – he's getting about six and a half to seven such plate appearances per outing right now. Last year, he got nine, nine per game uh, that were ending with him ahead and taking care of batters, and, of course, he he decimated them. A lot of times, obviously, the pitcher – will decimate when they're ahead, but the fact of the matter is he cannot get ahead enough, and pit, uh, batters are jumping on him. They're really getting on him this year. First pitch, 1,500 OPS, and that includes uh, a couple doubles, three homers. So when they jump on him, when he does lay, you know, if he lays that Smith mixer slider like you're talking about or just puts a weak, non-challenging fastball, velocity is great, but velocity straight, as we, we say all the time not going to fool major league hitters. And so it's just been brutal for Archer. I don't think I'd buy either. I just, I don't see enough that makes me confident compared with the fact that he always has injury precursors based on the velocity and the overwhelming usage of the slider. It makes me concerned. So I'm just passing. I'll regroup, you know, take a look at him for next year. If he turns it around great because he is one of my favorite pitchers to watch. It just won't be on any of my fantasy teams. All right. Next up is sunny gray. Um, actually, sorry, I went a little out of order there for you, but Sonny Gray was somebody that you mentioned earlier, and I'm very interested in in kind of what you're seeing from him. You got a chance to see him today when he played your Rays, and it was – or no, that was yesterday, wasn't it? No, it it was today. Oh, okay, it was today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And it was okay from the numbers. I didn't see any of that game. They were were going against uh, the same time my Tigers were playing, so that's the game I was focused on. He's now had – First off, he started the season with four really good starts. Vintage Sunny Gray, looking good. And now, since then, three really bad starts, and then a, and then kind of a meh outing today. And uh, MLB Network, I'll, I'll rely on them again because they did a breakdown of him. They surmised that it's a mechanical issue. They showed how he was not getting on top of stuff, so he couldn't command any of his stuff really. And he's got a deep arsenal that when he's cooking, it can be really sharp. But he hasn't been able, you know, he's leaving stuff up, not really getting. The ball where he needs to. And he got kind of lucky today because he did give up six runs, but only three were earned. That's what made it ranging from meh to bad. We'll just say yeah, bad. But, so. the three,
1: but the other three were a, th- a three run homer to Brandon Geyer. Exactly.
0: So four They made an error. They bad. made
1: an error. Yeah, they made an error. And then Brandon Geyer hit a home run the next at bat. But, I mean, the issue with him is the long ball. It's eight home runs now at 44 innings of work. He allowed 17 all of last year. Well, he's he, halfway there now and only 20% of the workload. The
0: way he keeps uh, the ball down, that's supposed to be one of his traits, Sonny Gray, is that, listen, you know, he might not get you those strikeouts, but he's going to keep the ball down and in the park. And that kind of goes back to what the MLB Network Breakdown was saying where uh, he, he's – leading with his elbow his stuff is is staying up and that's problematic because um, that's going to be long balls and he's almost doubled his home run rate in fact when they updated after three more today I bet it will be double or more he had 0.7 homers per nine last year I bet he's around 1.4 one and a half now actually it's 1.6 Fangraphs updates live 1.6 so he's more than doubled his home run rate that's brutal
1: it is, and when I watched him pitch today, it was it was a command problem for him too. He couldn't put the pitches where he wanted them, um, and, and that's this was a guy that I wasn't very high on coming into the season anyhow, and and I missed the first four starts, because like, oh great, there's another guy that I was running my mouth on, and and, and look how well he's doing. Uh, but he uh, obviously has not pitched well here out of the gate uh, over the last four, so four good ones, four stinkers. And when you look across the numbers, again, these he, guys are making more contact off him right now, and, and they're really not chasing it. It's not a tremendous drop right now. We're talking like two to three percentage points across the board mm-hmm. and in indicators, but um, but again, he's he's always been a guy that's filled the zone, too. So I didn't like what I saw today, but not enough when I'm looking at the rest of the numbers is not enough to make me run for the hills. This is one of those cases getting back to price where you start asking around, seeing what people want for Gray. And yeah, you, you see if you can get him before he has that one outing. Everybody's like, oh, he's
0: back. Yeah, because um it doesn't look like injury. It just looks like he's out of whack, and I do think it is something where, okay, he gets that command back. It's, you know, a couple clicks better. Here's the thing, too. He's getting ahead of guys. He has a 63% first pitch strike rate for Sonny Gray. He's just not putting them away. So usually when I look at an elevated walk rate, I go see, okay, well, he's getting behind. He's actually not. The 63% would be his best ever. He's usually 59 I, I to 60.
1: Heard stat today, I think I heard a stat today that he's allowed a leadoff runner in like 11 straight innings, and that's been one of the other issues too is once you you you. get that first guy on base and then you're working out of the stretch and all the different things and that guy's chances of scoring so that's been part of the problem too but really just keep the ball down the home runs that's a crazy rate uh for a guy to spike like that but that's that's happening for him right now
0: So we're interested in buying. We're not running out to buy him as we are with David Price. But again, Price, the cost is going to be high. So even if you are running out to buy, you're going to have to pay. If you are going out to buy Gray, you can ask for a legitimate discount. And and so I would entertain that for sure because I do think that with the underwhelming numbers – the 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 price has probably gone down a good bit, especially because he already didn't have a huge strikeout rate. So I I'd, yeah. I'd be okay uh be okay to run out for him. So we got a couple more guys here. We're gonna cut a little short on and we're gonna cut one of them because uh, you actually have to get going. So we'll go two more, one 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 in each league. Corey Kluber first. This is another situation, almost like Price, where he'll have the great outing and then get smashed. Have another get, good outing. Lost to the Twins get... today. Lost to the Twins. Yeah. No, it was yesterday. Yesterday, yesterday was he the He let 21. Juan Santino hit a home run. Do you even know who Juan Santino is? Be honest. Wasn't he a wrestler?
1: It, I... Oh, that's Sam. That's what's-his-face. Um, the the Socko. Not Socko guy. It's a... Uh... Mick Foley, but the Cobra guy, um, one of the wrestlers, Santino. I forgot what his real first name is, but Parker, that was a wrestling
0: guy for wrestling. Of course, I, yeah, do, I do not know it. But You're it... the one baseball guy that I know doesn't watch. Wrestling. I know. It's I know. Pathetic. But it is the up and down situation, you know, um, shuts out Detroit and then gets blasted at Houston and then the the, the game today. Against oh, Minnesota. The ones, uh, that one I watched. So what's what's, you know, Kluber, one of the things about him and Eno's been been honed in on this now since last year, doesn't have a good fastball. Uh, Is good velocity, but don't equate velocity with quality. And even the velocity on the pitch is down another mile per hour this year for, for Kluber. And so if he can't get to the secondary stuff, that's when he gets in trouble. When he starts giving up hits on, uh, and, and getting base runners on, that becomes a problem. But I still look at a 430 ERA and a 113 whip with a 25% strikeout rate and just a 6% walk rate. And so the component numbers are still strong. The ERA is just a little bit high and it's always the, the, the disaster outing. It's not consistent badness from Kluber. Yep. It's usually just a bad outing here and there. So I am still willing to buy. What'd you see in the Houston outing and would you buy?
1: And it's not even the home runs that are killing. He's only no. allowed four. It's He's just, just, it seems like the thing is in that Astros game, it was they they went around on in the fourth inning, they batted around on him. That's the thing. It's like when things when it goes bad, it all happens at once for him. Mm-hmm. And he could just be good for like inning, 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 and then kablam. Like, how did how did this happen? Why That's are we at this point? It's really strange with him. Uh, and Because even when you look at some of his other components, you're like, this This is not a bad—why Why is this happening for him? I don't get it. Uh, and and again, this would be another guy that I would buy. But when we look at his numbers, nothing really stands out. The contact rate's the same. He's throwing a lower percentage of strikes. So if he's getting behind guys, that'll explain why he's having to use his fastball more. He, they're chasing a—, a, a Fewer pitches, 34 to 31 percent, but swinging strike rates right there. I mean, he's, he's three tenths of a percent off on those kinds of things. Uh, so it's just, again, that th- those disastrous innings are, are, are what's hurting them. And I think in that Houston game, it was just one thing after another. And it was like uh, paper cuts, you know, just yeah. one of these things. That, there were a couple of them that were rockets, but for the most part, like, oh, here's a single the other way, or this, or here's a blooper this, and those types of things so it's one of, i'm uh i'm buying on this because the numbers if you liked them last year there's no
0: reasons not to like them this year well, one thing i will say about kluber is that i think last year might actually help you get a discount though too because first off i hear still i still hear people cite the 9 and 16 record as if that was a skills-based record and it just wasn't so even a 349 era and a 105 whip if that's quote-unquote all he did this year with the strikeouts that he gets I would gladly take that, so I am still very much buying on Kluber here, and I do think that there is a discount to be had because the last year kind of took added some concern, you mix it in with this year four thirty he's not you know awful, you're not going to get a sharp discount, but if you can get a guy a round or two lower than than what you paid for Kluber, I think that's a discount I'd be willing to take for sure. The next guy, not so much for me. Because he was, I just didn't have a great feeling about Zach Greinke coming into this year. I didn't have a statistical outline for it to say that here. Here are the five metrics as to why it was just more of a feel thing, and and so I just didn't draft him. You know, I understand if if you didn't have that same feeling, you wanted to draft him, but for me, I didn't like him going to a new team, M- major change in pitch. Framer from uh, Yasmani Grandel to Wellington Castillo, and this is a guy who can steal strikes. He's got really good stuff, but he lives on the on the edges and 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 can steal those cheap strikes. And it's just not happening this year. It's not like he's walking guys, but he's living in the zone, and he doesn't have the super overpowering stuff either. Grinky doesn't, and so he's getting hit around a bit. And one thing I always worry about with him, this kind of goes back to his pre-Dodger days, is that when things go sideways. He has a tendency to let it snowball a little bit. He kind mm-hmm. of, you know, he wears his heart on his sleeve. I like a lot about him. He's he's really uh, cerebral about the game. I I dig Grinky in general, but I also think he a little bit thinks maybe a little bit too much, gets in his head a little bit too much, so that when things go wrong, it it, it can really hurt him. And and a three run outing turns into a six run outing for some reason. So I think we're seeing a bit of that right now with a five twenty six ERA and a one forty nine whip. Um mm-hmm. The strikeouts are down, the walks are, are steady, but the swinging strike rate is actually steady too. So the strikeouts could definitely come back. I, I would not rule that out at all. In fact, it's actually just strikeout percentage that is down because if you look at K9, it's actually almost dead even. 8-1 last year, 8-0 this year. So it's only a, a strikeout percentage situation that's down for Grinky. So, you know, there's still factors to like here, but I I just didn't have a good vibe all year, so I am still staying out. Uh, what about you with Grinky?
1: I mean, this was actually when we were talking earlier about one of the other guys. This was he and Arietta were the two guys that I talked about having such historically awesome seasons. Mm-hmm. My concerns about where they were and Arietta is is on the Adam Jones school of shut up, Jason. Uh, but at least at least I was right on Greg. uh thus far. So far yeah. Yeah, yeah, so far. We'll see what happens uh, with him. But you know, again, again looking across the line at the metrics, the crazy thing—he's actually getting more chases this year than he was, last, I mean, quite a bit, 32 to 38%. Oh, wow. So he's getting quite a bit of chases out the zone. The strike, got, you, you talked about the pitch frame, he went from 31 to 29% on called strikes this year. So he's getting fewer of those, but he's actually throwing more strikes. Uh, but the the people are making more contact for him, uh, 73 to 76%, uh, so a little more. So things are kind of in line with what the, where they were last year, just more of the contact and um, and that's 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 really it. I'm surprised when you look at these numbers to, to go back and look at his other numbers. And it's not like, you know, yeah, the 526 ERA sucks, but the 361 FIP is no great thing either. Uh, and it's really the you're keeping the ball in the park. That's we we were worried about this him going from Dodger Stadium to uh, whatever they're calling that ballpark now um, in Arizona, Chase Field
0: now. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Chase, Chase Field.
1: Field. Chase Field. Okay, so they, uh, you know, he's already halfway to last year's home run total through eight starts, saying twenty five percent of the work, and he's halfway there in home runs already. Uh, so to me, that's really the issue. Is that something that's going to be fixed, or is that ball? I mean, he's six home runs, so he's almost half the way of last year's fourteen home runs. Uh, but that that's really what it comes down to. If he could keep the ball in the yard, then we know the three sixty one uh, would come down. But I'm just. Maybe throw fewer strikes if if that's a problem. That's really the only thing I see. If he's getting the chases and the swings and misses are in line with everything, maybe it's the it's the quality of pitch that he's throwing. Maybe, maybe do throw a few uh, fewer strikes and see what happens yeah. from there.
0: No, I think that that's actually reasonable for somebody like Granky. You know, um, much more extreme because he's definitely not as good. But I've always felt that way about somebody like a Phil Hughes. You know, maybe don't live in the zone so much. I oh, get yeah. that you don't want to walk, guys, but oh, my God. Because his strikes in the zone are definitely bad way too often. Again, I don't feel that it's a direct comparison with Grinke because he does have good stuff to where he can be in the zone. But that is the one sharp difference that we see is that the ball's in the zone a heck of a lot more, and he has good enough stuff to get chases. So utilize that. And honestly, I can see him. I can see Grinky getting back on track to a level where – Even if you're not comfortable that you paid, what was it, the sixth starter off the board price, which is the main reason I didn't want him was because of the price. Mm -hmm. Um, I I can see where he can can get on a level where you don't feel that bad about paying that, but just that he's not a a full-on, unmitigated ace. And that was my concern, was that he was going to be more of like a a 350 ERA kind of guy, still with a good whip. You know, maybe like Greinke's year last, or uh, Kluber's year last year. Not necessarily with the win-loss record, but like a three forty-nine ERA, and a, what was that one one thirteen WHIP or something. It's
1: not a pitch. It's not a pitch type thing. I mean, he's throwing the same percentage of stuff uh, you know, this year. Looking at hard, soft, and break percentage. You know, uh, fastballs forty-eight percent versus fifty-one. Soft stuff fifty-two to forty-nine. Breaking balls thirty to twenty-eight. You know, maybe, maybe you use a few more fastballs.
0: Honestly, I think there are solutions in there to where Grinky could make me look stupid. But like I said, I didn't have a great feel. So far, it is kind of playing out that way. I'm not declaring this one a W just yet. I'm just saying that I'm still staying away from yeah.
1: Um
0: But I could understand someone trying to buy low. If you really can, though. He's another one where I'm not sure that you can. Even though the numbers are bad, I think that there's still confidence in Grinky with a lot of fantasy owners that you might not even be able to get that much of a discount. So of course all all leagues vary though so so take your shot and see what you can get by the way matt carpenter just went yard on a a lefty again that power has stuck that's eight homers now for him this year uh so far and might not match last year's 28 but i think he's gonna go 20 again for sure um all right jason we're gonna get you out of here feeling a little bit under the weather and uh you need to get some sleep are you traveling this week
1: I am. I have to be in Boston oh. on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday.
0: Well, you know what? You'll probably hit a few doubles and a triple, just the way things are going in Boston. I think just being there will make you a better hitter, right? Yeah, because
1: they're on the road, but I, I can go there and you can hit. go to hopefully Fenway and be, rake. Make me feel
0: better. <laughs> All right, man. We'll uh, we'll be back next week talking more. Uh, until then, take care. All right, man. See you.